Riaz Surti, founder of Hearthy Foods, started his business because of his mother's health issues with diabetes and high blood pressure. Her doctor recommended she eliminate wheat from her diet and Hearthy Foods was born. Today, we make flours out of pure fruits, nuts, and vegetables that you can use to replace traditional wheat flour. We also offer top-of-the-line wellness products such as grass-fed collagen and colostrum that only use the highest quality ingredients. They are gluten-free and kosher halal. Visit HearthyFoods.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Cleaning and Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook, Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now on to the show. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphous for Menopause. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy. My co-host Andrea is away today. Well, I got super excited when I found about this wonderful woman, Camille Martin, RD. She has something love to lose, starting a life that you truly love and the weight loss itself. And she has got the most dazzling smile. I'm looking at her now. <laughs> you are so nice. Camille, welcome to Naturally Savvy. So glad to have you. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. You know, you really do have a glow about you. And I really love what you talk about on your site as well. Stop waiting to live your life until you lose weight. It reminds me of the show that was on maybe about 10 or so years ago. I think it was called The Revolution. And it had, you know, some celebrities and stylists. And they mm -hmm. had this woman who was overweight. And they were like, when you lose the weight, we'll give you these cute outfits. And oh, I'm like, that's terrible. Like you, right? Like how about <laughs> having cute outfits the whole time? I mean, it's an epidemic. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about that and, and your journey with this. Oh gosh. My journey started when I was 12 years old, actually. So um, I always try to give the Cliff Notes version because I could just go on and on oh, all no, day. <laughs> I like it. Go on. Well, um, I started dieting when I was 12 years old and that just came out of, um, no one in my surroundings, you know, no one was saying you need to lose weight or, you know, you're unattractive or anything like that. But I just did absorb all of those messages. Um, you know, women were supposed to look good above all else and, um, definitely be thin and, you know, attractive, small and to be quiet and to be demure and to be, you know, be polite, be nice, you know, anyway. So that's a, a huge part, um, of my message because the more I always say, the more we silence ourselves inwardly, um, that's to the degree that we're going to try to fix ourselves from the inside or from the outside in. Um, so yeah, I grew up in a house. It was wonderful. It was a, it was an amazing, um, environment. My parents are super sweet. Um, but I felt very isolated and lonely for a lot of different reasons. So I started using food to fill that void of loneliness and, um, just feeling like, you know, there was something wrong with me. So I started eating, um, to make myself feel better. And that's one thing I always tell women when I'm, when I'm counseling them 
is if you eat emotionally, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a bad person. You're not like out of control and you're, you know, you have no willpower. You train yourself how to do this. So I did that growing up and then I started dieting literally when I was 12 years old. So I'm 51 now and I could, I don't know if your listeners can remember some of these diets, but like, um, do you remember Richard Simmons deal a meal? I don't know if you remember. (laughs) So I did Nutrisystem. I did deal a meal. I did, I took diet pills. Um, I over-exercised and just was fanatically constantly consumed with, I have to lose weight and I have to look perfect. Um, so the older I got, um, you know, when I graduated high school, I had some structure at home, but then I went off to college and just completely went off the deep end. Um, I, you know, the insecurity of college of not knowing people and not feeling like you fit in. Um, so I, my binge eating just went off the rails and I would lock myself in my dorm room and eat. And then I started, yeah, it was terrible. And then, um, because I couldn't get rid of that weight, I started binging and purging. So I developed a really horrible eating disorder, which that wrecks your self-esteem even more. But um, I guess the long and short of it is, and I don't know if this is appropriate to talk about, but I also was binge drinking at the same time. No, it's good. We like candid and it was a huge problem. I was binge drinking. Um, I got into using drugs and, um, yeah, it was awful. I went from a straight A student and a, you know, the good girl air quotes to, I was completely a mess. And then I gained all this weight. And then I came home from college my freshman year or at Christmas or whatever. And the first thing anyone noticed about me was, Oh, honey, I am so sorry. Like, cause I had gained 15 pounds or even 20 pounds. And it was just, that was what people were focused on. So, and I don't think my story is unusual, but, um, and from the outside, I, you know, I appeared to be successful. I appeared to be confident. I appeared to fit in, but I was always just struggling on the inside. And I think a lot of women do, but, um, So fast forward to my first job in Atlanta when I graduated college, um, I lived alone in my apartment and I had managed to lose the weight through binging and purging. And um, I would go to work all day, not eat anything, drink Diet Dr. Pepper, come home and binge and purge. And um, I one day I just said I was crying sitting on my couch by myself in my little apartment bawling. And I just said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it anymore. Um, so I decided right in that moment, I am going to quit. I'm going to quit dieting. I'm going to quit making myself sick, throwing up, um, emotionally sick. And I decided that whatever happened, if I gained weight, that would be better than the emotional and mental trauma I was inflicting on myself. So I was worried that once I decided I'm going to quit doing all of these things, like manically trying to lose weight and be perfect and be thin, that I was just going to, you know, go off the rails again. And I was going to blow up, you know, like a house and gain all this weight. But the opposite happened, which was so such a revelation. So what happened was I took all that pressure off myself and there was no more resistance. I wasn't resisting my body. I mean, I quit like standing in the mirror and like, you know, picking myself apart. I was just like, you know, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So um, I started really getting in touch with 
what I wanted to eat. Like, was I even hungry? So I would allow myself to eat whatever I wanted to eat. But the difference was that I didn't want to eat that much of it anymore because I wasn't feeling this. um, I'm not supposed to eat this and then binging on it. It was just gone. And so I started actually losing weight. Um, But then this is a huge part of my message that I think is so important for women to get is that you have to set different goals that have nothing to do with what you look like and that have to do with you building your self-confidence, which is so important after dieting for years on end and failing. Um, So I, you know, I set a goal for running a 5k, then I ran a 10k, then a half marathon, then a marathon. So it just sort of grew and um, lots of other goals. In fact, I became a dietitian. By accident, because I wanted to take a class on nutrition and see, you know, how food affects my body. And um, I did. I took a class after work and I kept going and now I'm a dietitian. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Camille, because I was going to ask you, like, how did you jump from your, it's like your own healing, which is amazing. Did, did you have any therapy or anything or did you just, because that's pretty remarkable. I did for the eating disorder. That's good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of therapy. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, good. And then you decided, so you took some classes and you're like, hey, this is really awesome. And you became a registered dietitian. I just loved it. And I found that I was really um, good at connecting with people and getting beyond. So this is another important point. Um, When I was working at Grady Hospital in Atlanta, it's like downtown, it's the trauma hospital. So you saw everything. But um, I had patients all the time who were like really, really like morbid obesity. I don't think that's the right term anymore, but um, who were, you know, the, the um, doctor would say, go counsel this person and tell them what they need to eat. And I would just be like, these people don't need me to tell them what to eat. They need me to hold their hand and say, it's okay. I understand. Um, it's not about the food. It's really not about the food. It's about inside of you, how you feel that determines what you eat. So change the inside, the outside will start to change to match, you know? Yeah, that's huge. And having the perspective that you have because of the experiences that you lived makes you ideal for this. Well, good. Thank you. (laughs) Well, and even if you're not suffering from a huge medical condition, I think everybody knows what to eat. It's, It's insane. It's not like, you know, um, manipulating these little, you know, do I get, how much selenium do I get from a Brazil nut or how much vitamin C is in an orange? It's, it doesn't matter. Like go eat, find a bunch of stuff in the produce section and you'll be fine. I know it's not as easy to just do that, to switch, but it's like, we know what to eat. Let's focus on why we eat the way we do. I think the way you support people is for women everywhere to say, I struggle with this too. We're all in the same boat. You walk in, I mean, I went to my exercise class this morning and, um, you know, there's 30 something women in there and they look perfect to me. And I'm sitting there in the corner going, oh my God, you know, it's st- I still hear it in my head. I'll never fully get rid of that. Um, I'm just starting on social media now making videos. And I mean, it took me like 
a month to finally have the courage to post one because I was like, is that what I look like? Holy shit. See, to me, you're just stunning. <laughs> well, like you came on, I'm like, your skin is so sweet. You've got these cheekbones. I'm oh, like, you're, you're so sweet. But I know we do. We look at everybody else and think they look beautiful, but we're all suffering. And I think the conversation needs to be now. Um, we're all suffering. Um why why are we suffering it's because of the messages we are inundated with and it's it's got to stop i mean my two um my two daughters one's 13 one's 11 and my youngest the other day said mommy am i ugly and i was like no you're beautiful but they're getting it you know that's what they feel um and then with all of the filters i hate those effing filters. I, I can't even tell you. And it's interesting. My daughter, she's 16. She's very self-aware and she used to have super acneic skin, but we, I mean, I can't even tell you how much research I did. And luckily we found some things that work. So it's much, much better, but she still just has a lot of redness and stuff. So she was talking on Snapchat with one of her friends and her friends always use the filters and she goes, you know what, mom, I don't want to use a filter because oh, I, I don't, I don't want to get used because that's not how I look. And I don't want to get used to that. But, but piss me off is not only does it make your complexion perfect, it makes your face narrower. Oh, goes, that's mom, look so at crazy. This. And I was like, oh my God. And then she'll be like, how come I don't have more of an angle? Like, <sighs> I know I have these big cheeks. I'm not super angular. Oh my she's God. like, why aren't I more? And, but I was so proud of her. And she said to her friend, she's like, I'm not going to use the filters anymore. I think that is amazing. Well, she's that's coming from you that you gave her confidence. So you're a good mom, you know. Yeah, um, you. It's, it's just it's crazy. I grew up in the 80s and I used to stare at, you know, my dad got the Sports Illustrated and every time the swimsuit oh, issue came out, I would look at it and just stare at it and not I would just absorb all of this. Like, I don't look like that. I, why don't I look like that? And it's just scarring. It is. And it's, I, I always say that, you know, I was a kid in the seventies. I was a teen in the eighties. And when I was comparing myself to women, they, most of them at that point, maybe they had a nose job or something, but they didn't have the implants. I'm talking like oh, yeah, early eighties, yeah. seventies. Now once the eighties, you know, mid eight came along, it was a right. different story. So I was comparing myself to things that can happen in nature. Oh, I right. remember when I was a little girl, there was this woman I remember this program at the mall and she had really large breasts and you, and the shirt said, don't stare, grow your own. And I thought it was hysterically funny. That's funny. Yes. I think I was actually, I was think I was 11 and I, I didn't hit puberty, puberty until I was like 17. That's a whole nother story. Seriously. Like I had the, the, the figure of a teenage boy, a skinny That's teenage good. boy. Oh God, no, it was horrible. It was, I hated okay, it. Sorry. See, it's funny. No, but it's interesting. Everyone's like, oh God, you're so skinny. You're so gross. You're so skinny. Oh, like too skinny. So you know, the skinny terrible. that doesn't look right. Oh. Anyhow. But the, my point was, was that that woman with that shirt, those were her boobs. Yeah. This was like 70 something. Oh yeah. It was just so funny. I, I thought that was so clever. Don't stare, grow your own. That's um, I, I was thinking, I wish I could. Yeah. But right. With the filters, getting surgery. It's, yeah. It's homogenous. It's creepy. It is. Well, and now the, the Botoxing and, and there's nothing wrong. 
I believe that whatever makes you feel confident, I mean, we're not going to all walk around, you know, completely. I mean, we might as well walk around naked if we're not going to do anything to improve ourselves, but, um, or to feel confident when you walk out the door. But if there's a line at which we've crossed it where it's so obsessive that you're taking it so far that you can't even see who you are anymore. And that it's disturbing, not, it's not to bash anybody. It get, it breaks my heart because we all suffer from it. And yeah, it's just, um, and then weight and dieting, that's just another symptom of this whole thing. And what makes me crazy is that we're not saying, all we're talking about is, oh, you know, is Whole30 better than the keto or, yeah. Yeah. And people ask me all the time, like, you know, um, yeah, should I eat right for my blood type? And I'm like, Oh my God. No, stop it. Like, we're not saying, isn't this insane? We're all like in this little forest bouncing from tree to tree and we can't step outside the forest and go, why are we even talking about this? Like, why aren't we out here doing all of these things that give joy to us and make us, um, make our lives have meaning because once you start doing those things, weight is a non-issue. Like, first of all, you don't care as much anymore, but then the weight will take care of itself because you're not all of a sudden locked up in your house saying, what am I not supposed to eat today? You're out here having fun. You're out here, you know, contributing or doing something that makes you feel joyful. And so you're not thinking about eating or what you should or what you shouldn't eat or how much or carbs and all of this shit. It's like, I just want every woman, that's why I'm doing this. I want everyone to see that it's insane and we need to stop it. You know, we've got to, we got to quit doing this. Dieting needs to become a relic, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, I'm all for people eating whole foods and eating better, oh, yeah, taking yeah. care of themselves. That's different than obsessing over every single calorie and being like, I can't wear a cute outfit until I'm <sighs> slim. No. And some of us are larger. I mean, look, if somebody told me when I was a skinny teenager who had, again, the body of a, a boy, that someday I'd be a size 12 with boobs and a butt, I'd be like, <laughs> that's impossible. I love it. Right. I mean, I'd yeah. be honest. Yeah, I'll be 54 this summer. And I, you know, stuff's starting to shift. And I'm like, yeah, what is this? you know, and I'm, you know, I struggle. I'm not. Oh, yeah, know. we all do. And th it's more of the elasticity issue than the size. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I'm struggling no, with, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yes, I do. My arm, you know. <laughs> I know. It's like all of a sudden you're out of, this is how I feel. And this is terrible because after all this that I just said, it does feel like sometimes like, I look in the mirror. I never have felt better. I feel like I look better because like I quit. Well, thank you. I quit drinking for one, which was like the biggest thing ever. Well, just in terms of how you feel and sleeping better. And um, regard if you have an alcohol problem, that's different. But like I would recommend to any woman at least take, you know, long breaks from it and just see how you feel because it's important. But yeah, sometimes I look at myself and I'm like, have I all of a sudden become like I was so fit and strong and all of these things running marathons. And now all of a sudden I'm the middle-aged woman in the back of the exercise class. And I'm like, those women are looking at me when who's the old lady in the back. She can't yeah. keep up. She can't do the boy pushups. And I'm like, yeah. how did this happen? <laughs> I, I was you five minutes ago. Yeah. Don't even get me started on my neck. And see, that's the thing. Like, I could be like, I'm okay being a size 12. I'm okay with my curves. It I'm okay having neck. chub. It's the neck. Sounds like with your clients, you really get them to look at themselves, to love themselves and yes. make the healthy decisions based on that inner love, yeah. right? And not the outer 
Yeah. Talk to us about that. Sure. It takes work. Um, Frankly, I've stopped doing private counseling because, well, I was having so many women say to me, and I totally get it. Yes, I love what you're saying. Like we would sit and have coffee. Oh my God, I love it. This is so like touching my soul. And then it would always end with, okay, tell me what to eat. So like, you know, give me the diet or give me the list. What food should I buy? And I would be like, this isn't sinking in. So what I decided, which I get, like, it's hard for this to sink in. It takes a long time. I mean, it's taken me, I guess, 38 years to get to this point, however, 12 to 51. But um, so what I decided is that the core messaging that I'm giving, it takes time to sink in. That's why I wrote a book. I'm working on a second book. I want to talk about, yeah, thank you. I, I want these ideas. I want to talk about them so that people can start to slowly absorb them because I think that's what it takes, you know? So Camille, you have a book, Love to Lose, Love Your Life and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. Now, I always read books when people come on, but somehow I did not (laughs) see (laughs) the book. So I'm being honest, Uh, I'm going to have you back. I think this is an amazing conversation. Oh, I love it. But I want to have a whole conversation about your book. So once I read it, come back. But tell us in the meantime, a little bit about it. Sure. Um, So Love Your Life, Lose the Weight. Love to Lose is the name of my company, which stands for Love Love your life and lose the weight um, instead of trying to lose weight first and then you love your life, um, which doesn't happen, by the way. Um, so the book that I wrote is really I did come up with a system for people to start changing their habits and their thoughts, which is what has to change first. So you have to change the way that you eat, not what you eat first. So in order to do that, you have to change your thoughts and your habits, which both um, facilitate the other. You change your thoughts, your habits start to change. And the more your habits change, it changes the way you think. So I came up with a plan to systematically do both of those. And when you do them at the same time, you start getting exponential results. So the thinking part, the changing in your thoughts involves journaling, which everyone hates that word. Like, oh, I don't want to get a journal. I don't want to write it down, but <laughs> I don't like it either. But it does it's really helpful, help. though. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like extensively writing and writing. Just make notes of what you're thinking while you're eating before, during and after. Because I think what most women do is they go to eat something. It's like a reflexive. It feels like I need to eat something. They eat and they're zoned out and then they're done with the binge. And it's like, I'm such a loser. I hate myself. But what you're doing in the middle, you are thinking thoughts. You just have to identify them. Um, And that's such a great opportunity for change. And then on the habit side, if you take a habit that you think is interfering with your ability to lose weight, um, uh, say take the top three, identify like five or 10, take the top three that are the easiest ones to change and start with the first one. And I've got a whole list. If anybody's interested, you can go to my website and get... um, a whole list of like little tweaks. Actually, I took it off my website. I have a different offering, but it is in the book. So you can start making these little micro changes. And um, instead of most of us, when we try to change a bad habit, we just try to get rid of it and replace it with a good one. But you can little by little modify a bad habit until it becomes a good habit. Um, so while you're doing both of those at the same time, which is what I teach, 
you set a different goal, you set a bigger goal. So I teach exactly how to set a big goal. And then the end of the book is really about finding your voice. Like, who are you? How much have I been shoving down my authentic self and not really living? So it's really, basically, it's a book about my life. (laughs) It sounds awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to read it. Okay, good. We do talk on the show here as food is medicine. That's, That's the thing. Like on the flip side, food is fabulous. And yes. can do wondrous things for us, right? We're to enjoy it. Yeah, we are supposed to enjoy it. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of women think, I hate to cook or I don't want to be in my kitchen, but when you just start little by little making a few dishes, feeling in control around food goes a long way to helping you enjoy it more. We're mostly like heat something up, sit in front of the computer, scarf it down, you know, if you get in your kitchen and it's like, you know, maybe I'll make a salad with some, you know, an avocado and some olives and you just chop up a few olives, all of a sudden it's like, wow, I feel really good. I did something healthy and, you know, food isn't so scary when you actually interact with it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And again, the idea isn't to not eat well or healthy. It's the idea of not obsessing, of, of loving yourself You know, I'm a really big fan of the movement Health at Every Size, where they really encourage men and women to just move your body. Yes. And, you know, no matter what size you are, just move your body, find something you enjoy, make small changes. But this pressure is what's so hard on people, especially women. It really is. Um, and I love that. So, uh, what how, What did you call it's it? It's called Health at Every Size. Health at Every Size. I knew this amazing aerobics instructor in the 80s, and she was heavy. She kicked ass. I I'm telling that. you. Oh, my God. But she was just big. Yeah, and so what? Yes, I'm over it. Well, and I love all of the fashion industry. Like, we were in the mall, my daughters and I, the other day, and we were walking by, and the mannequins in the window, now some of them, not all stores, have, like, more curvy women or even with no waist. We even walked by a men's store, and there was seriously a mannequin with a pot belly. I'm like, praise God. Isn't that funny? <laughs> not that that's healthy, but... No, but still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm real. Yeah, if you go to Target... The ads that they have in the lingerie section, and they're not all doctored up. I mean, you can see- stretch marks, cellulite. It's awesome. Yeah, I love that. It's really good. And again, there's that balance between taking care of yourself and, for example, like if you have a child that's overweight, you have to, it's so, you have to be so careful about how you present it, right? Because you don't want them getting a complex, but you also don't want- them to keep going in a direction if they're using food unhealthily or if they're only eating junky food. Yeah. So like, that's a tough one too. That's a really tough one. And I have an unconventional approach. Yeah. Tell us. Compared to most of my friends, which is, I mean, I eat really healthy now. I mean, I'm a vegetarian. I've been doing this since, you know, I was 32 years old when I finally clued in maybe a little later than that. But my daughters, I let them eat what ever they want to eat. I buy it for them. I buy them junk food. If they want it, I let them have it. And they, I've always said, I want them to learn how to decide what to eat because you can't, the whole idea to me of you can't eat this, but you can't eat that. That's unhealthy. They, they know what's unhealthy. They know that what they're eating is not healthy. And now we talk about it, mommy, I want to eat more like you do. I don't want to eat all this. It makes me, why don't you eat this? 
and this was a while ago. And I said, well, it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel tired and exhausted. And the sugar goes right to your bloodstream and then you crash. So there, I could see their little wheels turning and now they eat healthier. But I feel like if you tell anyone, not just kids, you can't eat that. This is the only thing you can eat. That just creates like, we have no autonomy over food. It's totally controls us and it's insane. So my daughter's now, you know, have an occasional Pepsi. One of them likes Pepsi a lot more than the other one, but there she's learning. I'm like, you, you're not sleeping well because you drank a Pepsi last night. That's why it's got caffeine and sugar in it and it's bad for you. So a lot of people would probably have a problem with what I'm saying, but that's just how I feel. I feel like it's not, this is why I always say it's not about the food. It's not about the Pepsi. It's not about the Doritos and the Twinkies. It And all that food is shit and it's gross and I don't eat it. But it's about learning how to make your own decisions. It's about taking control. We feel out of control around food. Food controls us. So that's what has to change first. And that's what I'm trying to teach my children. See, I think that's so smart. I mean, I was raised by a health nut mom and... <laughs> You know, I would eat as much crap as possible at my friends' houses and my right. allowance would all go to candy. That's funny. Yeah. Andrea, who's the co-host, she wrote a book called Unjunk Your Junk Food, which is awesome. That's cool. So it's like, yeah, these are still cookies, but they have 10 ingredients instead of 55. Yeah. These are still chips. Right. Yeah. They're still fried, but they use a better oil or they use yes. this. this is still, but they still taste good. Right. So what I'll do is I'll try to buy those types of foods. So yeah, it's still not great. I mean, sugar is the first ingredient in this cookie. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't have all the additives, the chemicals, the artificial flavors, artificial colors, preservatives, blah, totally. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, and that's super important. That's, I'm not saying that it's not important. Oh, no, I know you're not. Yeah. yeah. No. It's a great book, by the way, on junk, your junk food. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. So I'll have more things around the house because I don't want her to feel so restricted. I mean, there's certain things like I won't buy Pop-Tarts. But then yeah. she will go crazy when she can. So I'm like, well, should I? Unlike your daughter, who's like, this makes me feel bad. She'd just be like, I feel shitty. Where's the Pop-Tarts? You yeah. Know? Like no, more, yeah. more, more. Well, and it is a balance because like the more Pop-Tarts they eat, the more they want the Pop-Tarts. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, like yesterday I made um, Brussels sprouts. I sauteed Brussels sprouts with tomatoes. Oh, so and good. Yum. I know. And I, <clears throat> excuse me. I put it over some greens. And my daughter was like, what smells so good? I was like this brussels sprouts and tomatoes and garlic she's like "Ooh, can i have some so yeah i mean you know i feel like they they do what you do so i sit around dropping f-bombs pretty much throughout the day and so do my kids so let's yeah so does mine some, some, <laughs> there are some some good things i do that that they'll model but you know no i think it's a really good approach because again i think it depends on the personality mm-hmm. but i also feel like for me that restriction just made me want it more and i think that's why i still have an issue with with food you know when i was a yeah. kid i joined the girl scouts so i could buy cookies and I every that. every inch of my room that i could hide i had thin mint <laughs> cookies oh, i mean my God. mom had no idea how many boxes of cookies i had how many boxes of cookies i ate and then she would hide food she used to hide uh now they're called my husband didn't believe me he thought i made this up cuz maybe it was a west coast thing they're called space food sticks did you ever have space food uh-uh. sticks no okay so space food sticks were basically like long tootsie rolls but they they packaged them or they advertise them as health food because they put some vitamins, but basically it was just sugar and stuff. They were delicious. They had chocolate, they had peanut butter. So my mom would hide them in her closet and I would get on a chair. I'm like six years old, like climbing up, trying to get the space food sticks. 
And it's like, if you do that, it's worse because then you have to like this guilt and the hiding and the, you know, hiding the cookies in my room, hiding the space, you know, and I know she didn't mean to, but it didn't, it's not good, right? When you do it that way versus the way you're doing it. But uh, yeah, so I had to Google or YouTube just proved to my husband that space food sticks existed. And <laughs> I think he was, he mostly likes to tease me, but that there's an old fashioned commercial. This is what the astronauts eat. They're full oh of nutrients. God. And that's like the, um, we used to eat that the gum, it was shaped like a cigarette. Do you remember those? You yes. It's like a cigarette pack and you open it up and it's like a cigarette, but you can chew it like gum. Shame on those people. Is that yes. awful? So you no longer work with people because I'm sure everyone's listening is like, oh, I want to work with her. Well, please email me if you have questions. I'm happy to answer questions. I just don't do private counseling anymore. Yeah. So you have your book and you do uh, guest appearances, which is awesome. Like you're on the show. I mean, you have such a great personality. And you have a blog. Tell us about yes, your blog. I do. It's called, well, it's at my website, CamilleMartinRD.com. So I've been blogging for about three years and I love it. It's so much fun. And I've been now, I'm interspersing videos with the blog posts. Oh, cool. I'm getting, I'm slowly getting better, but that's um, something I really, really want to do is, is um, yeah, give interviews and speak on stage. I really want to reach the the most, the biggest number of women that I possibly can, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's about the message, but yeah, so I have a blog. Um, my day job is I'm an editor at the CDC. So I do that. Yeah. They have a chronic disease, uh, prevention journal. And so I'm an editor for that. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. I've been doing that since 2003 and I just love it. So my, that pays my bills right now, but um, my book sales are helping, which I love, and I'm writing an, another book, so that's fun. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we could talk forever. I, you have so many great blog posts. I just oh, love this. Yeah. I just saw something about watching the movie Tootsie. God, I love that Oh, movie. my God. Yeah. Well, that was back to your story about like seeing women in the 80s. That blog post was about how I watched that movie, I think it was last year, and Jessica Lange is the is the main character who is was chosen because of how beautiful she is. And yeah, she's you, stunning. Yeah. But when you watch the movie, it's like she's wearing almost borderline matronly outfits and she's not, you know, ripped. It's like, what has happened? What went wrong? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But she looked she looked great. She was aspirational in 1981. Jeez. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the theater. That it's movie is hilarious. so funny. It is oh, it fun. is so good. Well, Camille, this has been so much fun. It we were, has been. But you're like talking to an old friend. It's just oh, great. Thank you. Same, same for you. Well, tell us all the ways we can find you. And I'm excited to have you back after I read your book. Yes. Thank you. I can't wait to come back. Um, so I'm on Instagram and I think it's, do you want the little handle? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's um, Camille underscore Martin underscore RD. I think most of mine are like that. I mainly am on Instagram and Facebook and I have a Facebook page called Love to Lose. Um, and I am now on TikTok, which is hilarious oh. because my kids are like, <laughs> Ew, mom, you're so stupid. You look like such an idiot. But I'm on TikTok if you want to find me there. But mostly um, 
go to my website if you want more information, resources, and please email me. I'm happy to email or, you know, answer any questions. So, well, you know, Andrea was saying that I should go on TikTok because I'm, I can be very funny, like very spontaneous oh, so and improv oh, And I do some pretty funny videos, but I just haven't done the TikTok thing, but maybe I'll do it. You know, yeah, I have to check it out. Yeah. I'm not funny on mine at all. Maybe that's why nobody looks at me. <laughs> I get no views. <laughs> yeah. I need to dance or something or get my cat in the video. Listen, you have a great message Thank and you. you shine and I'm going to check you out on TikTok. Oh my God. Please do. Yeah. Please follow me. I think I have eight followers. Okay, you'll have nine now. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so that's the end of our show today. Be sure to follow us on social media. Thanks for listening as always. And you know what we would really love? We would love for you to give us a review because Lisa, as you know, when when you give us a review and if you've got value out of the show today or our podcast in general, as we approach our 1,000th episode. Gosh, so exciting. 1,000 podcasts. Lisa, you and me. It's unbelievable. Eight years. It's it's absolutely incredible. Thousand podcasts. So we'd love you to give us a review, please, because what we're finding out is when you give us a, re- a positive review or a v- review in general, and you give us a five-star rating, only if you feel that we deserve it, it really helps the algorithm and it pushes us up and it recommends our podcast to other people where they tune in for their podcast. So we would so, so, so appreciate that if you don't mind taking a minute to help us. And uh, that's the end of our show today. I'm Andrea Donsky, and I'm also at Naturally Savvy. Lisa? And I'm Lisa Davis. You can find me at Lisa Davis MPH. We'll see you next time.